Welcome to Your Story Matters, the show where we share inspiring stories from all around the world. After you've listened to this one, why don't you tell us yours? Share your story at yourstorymatters.net. But first, here's your host, speaker and writer, Angela Schaefers. I have the pleasure today of interviewing Kendall Scott. She is co-author of Kicking Cancer in the Kitchen, the girlfriend's cookbook and guide to using real food to fight cancer. Her co-author, Annette Ramka, is not with us on the call today, but I know that Kendall will be speaking on her behalf and sharing about their book and talking about their story and their journey as to how it all evolved. Hi, Kendall. Welcome to the show. Hi, Angela. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you being on the show today and sharing with our listeners. I'm so excited about your book. I looked at your website and I noticed you have some great things going on over there with your blog and a lot of the information that you share is really, really needed in the community of cancer patients and survivors. Before we talk about the book and your website, can you tell the listeners some of your story and background and then lead into how this kind of all evolved into the book? Sure, absolutely. Well, about almost four years ago now, um, I was working in a stressful, kind of fast-paced job and and not eating well, not taking good care of myself. I was kind of a coffee and sweets girl, and I, you know, get takeout pizza on the way home or, you know, make something really quick, and my husband was working a lot, so we were just always sort of rushing around, and especially with food, and and never really paid much attention to, you know, really what we were eating. And one morning, I actually got into my office at work, and I started having uh, some pain in my chest that sort of worsened throughout the day and overnight. And after seeing my doctor and having some scans done, they found that it was a mass or a tumor. And because of the, the location of it, it was not biopsiable. So... I had to, it was actually kind of located right behind my sternum or breastbone. And um, so I ended up having major surgery for that, uh, just like open heart surgery to remove the tumor. And wow. Yeah, yeah. So pretty, pretty major stuff there. <laughs> and I was only 27 at the time. Mm-hmm. So a lot to go through. And so they, they ended up biopsying the tumor and found that it was um, malignant for Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. So there's you know, cancer all of a sudden was what I was hit with. And so I was recovering from that surgery, which was, you know, definitely a lot. And then I went to go see an oncologist and was meeting with different doctors in in that arena and and sort of figuring out next steps as far as, you know, chemotherapy and radiation and all Mm -hmm. of that. And uh, one of the things I I said to one of my doctors was, well, you know, what can I do? I mean, you know, I want to obviously fight this as much as I can. I want to feel as good as possible going through any treatment and, and, you know, try to stay strong. You know, I don't eat very well. Should I try to start changing my diet a little bit? Mm-hmm. And my doctor said, no, there's really nothing that you can do. Wow. That's yeah. surprising. I don't, I guess I'm just like, I would assume that any doctor would basically say, yeah, it's always good to eat a healthy diet. Yeah, I know. It was very surprising. And I, you know, it's not the case for all doctors, but I certainly hear other stories where, you know, I think doctors just aren't trained in that area of nutrition, right. and so mm-hmm. they just don't really speak about it. Um, and unfortunately, I wasn't even referred to, you know, a nutritionist or a dietitian or anyone like that. So, you know, even though she said that, I, I knew 
I knew she had to be wrong and, and I wanted to, you know, figure it out and do some research. So I did and I, I had um, actually a family member who was a certified health coach and she gave me some tips and, you know, started helping me get some healthier foods into my diet right. and um, I started makes, feeling so much better. That makes sense and that's uh, that's awesome that you had someone close to you or connected to you that could help you. Before you go on with talking about this change and that's significant and I think sometimes people don't realize how powerful changing your diet can be. It's almost as powerful as starting to exercise a couple times a week versus never exercising. Let's go back a little bit and talk about how did you deal with some of the emotions? What were the emotions that you faced upon your diagnosis and suddenly going through surgery and being a new scar to deal with and recovery. Those are things that I know that a lot of people who have gone through disease, illness, injuries really need to hear about because they can connect with others when they understand that they weren't alone, that they've we've all gone through these different emotions and things. And so if you could share some of that and how you dealt with that part of your story, I think it would be very helpful for our listeners. Yeah, definitely. I can do that. Gosh, you know, it's a lot, you know, to find out that you might have cancer or that you do have cancer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, certainly I was so many different emotions, uh, I guess is what I was experiencing at the time. And, you know, I was first shocked and, you know, I guess, I didn't feel um, a lot of anger, which I know, you know, since speaking with other people who, you know, found out they had a devastating disease like cancer, um, often feel I, I didn't have a lot of that, and I, I felt like I was quick to just say, okay, I need to accept this. This is what it is. I'm going to, you know, fight for my life, of course, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, what good is it going to do me to, you know, really kind of dwell on this? I need to... Yeah, you know, I certainly, of course, had my days where I cried, and it was it was very hard. But I, for the most part, I just tried to say, you know, what can I do to move this forward? Um, so that was sort of an outlook I tried to to take on the whole thing. But you know, it, it was definitely challenging, and that surgery um, by itself was, you know, quite debilitating. The, the recovery from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even that you know, without having the cancer diagnosis, if that tumor had been benign, um, that in itself was huge and really scary too. So, you know, it, it was definitely a lot. And then, yeah, hearing, finding out that I had cancer, I remember um, it was probably only about a week after that surgery. And, you know, I was on some pain meds and I was just exhausted. And, and I actually kind of found out over the phone because it was just a little too much for me to go in and, you know, hear the news from the, the surgeon, mm-hmm. and I remember scribbling down on a piece of paper, Hodgkin's lymphoma, because that's what, you know, the doctor said it was, and having no idea what that was, right. that it was cancer, and, you know, thinking, gosh, cancer, I mean, don't, like, people die from cancer, I guess, like, this means I'm going to die, I don't know if it'll be a few months or a year, but mm-hmm. I probably don't have time left, those were the thoughts that went through my head, and, of course, later, you know, I found out that of course, that's not always the case, and there's so many different stages and levels and types of cancer and situations. Right. You know, of course, people survive. All sorts of people survive, and people go on for many, many years. And 
Um, but I know those are my initial thoughts for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you have family and friends around you? Did you have a support system in place that helped you through what you were facing? Because I know that in talking with other cancer survivors or cancer patients, that's sometimes where they feel the most disconnected is not having someone to talk to that understands what they're going through or, or what they're dealing with as far as all these thoughts. Like you said, you know, am I going to die? How bad is this? What is this? Yeah, that is so important. And I had an amazing support system, uh, you know, family, friends, friends of family, friends of friends of family who, I mean, I, you know, would get just cards and emails from people that I, some that I hardly even knew. And mm-hmm. I was just blown away with how much people really cared and just the support that they offered. And then, of course, the people closer to me, my husband and, you know, my parents and my sister and, and my my husband's family and, and my friends, you know, I they were all so supportive and really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely my, my husband, I, I give him big props because he was just amazing through the mm-hmm. whole thing. And, that's you great. know, and that's certainly hard for, you know, it can be very hard for the spouse to, to go through that as well. Yes. He was great. But as far as, you know, having someone who had been through it themselves, I didn't really have that. And, you know, that is that is different to have that kind of support. And there are, of course, groups out there, support groups with other people who are, you know, going through cancer that you can always talk to. And I just, I never really did that. I don't know why. I kind of was, I just kept it a little more to myself and mm-hmm. just sort of, you know, went through it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand that. I mean, sometimes, of course, when we have that support system right at home and a supportive spouse and immediate family, that really helps. And so we don't necessarily venture out to look for other people that are going through something similar. But I do like the fact that your website is interactive and it helps, I think, connect people to kind of understand the whole idea and concept between nutrition and a healthy body and disease. So you talked about having started the journey of figuring out how do I eat more healthy, how will this affect me? What were some of the key things that you learned about eating and your previous lifestyle versus the one now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I learned so much, and I guess in a way that was very different. I, I, I think I learned things that I didn't expect to learn. I'd always thought previously that the way you eat, it's all, it's all it needs to be focused on calories, and you better really watch your calories, or mm-hmm. you might go on a diet for a couple of weeks and, and then come off of it, and it's just that sort of thing, or looking for all the low-fat foods or sugar-free foods. And what I ended up learning in my research and also in um, attending school at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in, in New York, which is where I got um, my health coaching certification, that it doesn't have to be that way. And then if you just focus on getting whole foods into your diet, you know, foods kind of the way nature intended or I always say foods that your great-grandmother would recognize, you know, and uh-huh. avoiding all those packaged foods that we see now and artificial foods that really aren't food, you know, if you stick with the whole foods and more of a plant-focused diet, it's going to make a huge difference. Right. And, you know, and rather than focusing on, okay, how many carbs and how much protein and how much fat, which, you know, I'm certainly not knocking that because that does work for some people and that's important. But for me, I found that there's a whole other way to eat and that's just sort of by adding in these new whole foods and, you know, vegetables and beans and rice and, 
you know, foods that are really, really good and very nourishing for you as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a good point that you brought up because there are so many people who continue to be concerned about how thin they are and how much they weigh and not necessarily how healthy they are. And that includes not really knowing what their body fat is or things like that that are affecting their actual health. So that is important to point out to people that it is one thing to look a certain way, but it's certainly another to be healthy and to live a long life because you're feeding your body with nutrients. Yes, and I was actually a perfect example of that because I've never really had a problem with weight, you know, fortunately, and I, you know, before my diagnosis, I, as I said, I ate very poorly, but you know, again, I didn't really think about it because I was pretty thin. I was always just tall and thin. Mm -hmm. Then there was something obviously going on in my body because I got cancer, Mm -hmm. you know. So there's, you know, weight is important, but it's not the only thing that matters. Right. Good point. Good point. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Was there something significant that you learned about the damaging effects of food in our body? And we're talking obviously about soda, sugar, high-content food of fat and fried foods. What did you find out when you were investigating all this and learning about it? I think the main thing that I learned is something that, in a way, is so simple and is sort of common sense, but it wasn't to me, and I, I think it just isn't for a lot of people. And it's that what we eat really becomes our bodies. And, you know, you hear that that phrase, you are what you eat. And it's mm-hmm. true. I mean, it's literal. You know, this food is digested and it goes into our blood and into every single cell in our body. So I realized that, yeah, of course, if I'm eating food that's highly processed, a lot of white pasta or white flour foods or, you know, a lot of sugar, refined sugars, that's really what my body is going to, you know, be living on and becoming. And you know, so of course you're not going to have a healthy body that's going to thrive and you're going to face different different issues. But when you are getting, you know, those good whole foods and more plant-based foods, your body feels that difference and you actually will begin to change what you crave for food on a cellular level because all of a sudden your body is getting what it really needs. And so a lot of the time you just you don't even have to start restricting food like sweets. Your body just doesn't want it as much anymore. And mm-hmm. you start to say, oh, wow, like I, I want to have that, that broccoli. Those veggies sound so great to me right now. Instead right. Of that, I know. agree with you because I've gone through that process myself. And it is amazing how that happens because it's really not that hard to do once your body acclimates and you stop feeding it all of that stuff that's not good for you. It doesn't even desire that anymore. So it is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What did you find out as far as the changes that happened in your body? How were you able to identify the previous diet versus the new diet? Were there things that you could share with the listeners that said to you, okay, this is working for me. I'm healthier. Are you cancer free? Was there anything that was really subjective to telling you that this was going to work? Yeah, gosh, there was a lot. Um, you know, I, before my diagnosis, um, for actually several years, I had digestive issues, you know, whether it was constipation or <laughs> the opposite or, you know, just bloating and gas and all those things that we don't like to talk about, but I think right. at some point. Um, but I had that all the time. I had a lot of different things going on there. And I also would get um, migraines and headaches 
and and also just stomach aches in general. And those things, as I began changing my diet, um, they just virtually disappeared. Mm-hmm. I just don't have those issues today because I eat so much better. And if I do, I can usually pinpoint, I'll say, oh, you know what? You know, I ate whatever it is. I had some white pasta that just didn't work with me or, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So those are some major changes that I noticed. And then also, I just had so much more energy. Um, I felt stronger and besides physical changes, I actually had, I felt like I was more balanced with my moods and Mm -hmm. I felt happier, you know, so it was like I was in the middle of cancer treatment and cancer, which is such an awful time or can be an awful time, of course, and Mm -hmm. I felt really good and positive and happy and I felt like, oh, I'm eating good food and doing something that's great for me and it really, it really made a difference. Mm Mm-hmm. That's good to hear, and I think that's important for a lot of people to hear because we don't always, I don't know about you, how your diet change affected you or how quickly, but I don't think we always, depending on your situation, see the immediate results. And so sometimes it's a struggle for people to change their diet, to change their eating habits because they're not seeing immediate results. And so they do happen, but sometimes over time. So for you, was it more instantaneous or did it take some time for you to notice that this was really working for you? Well, you know, it was, it was a little bit of both because you know, I think it certainly depends on what you're changing in your diet. You know, I mean, you have to do, um, make the right changes and make the right changes for you because everyone's a little different. And, one of the first things that I did was I started in I started adding in leafy green vegetables, so like kale and Swiss chard and collards, and I tried to make a point of getting those almost every day of the week, and that was that was a challenge because I really didn't eat them before, and just that change alone I noticed within a couple of weeks that I had more energy, I just felt just really good and solid and strong, and. I would notice that if I sort of slacked off a little bit and and missed a few days without any greens, I was like a little bit more tired and just didn't feel quite as good. Mm -hmm. So in that case, you know, it's it's a pretty quick change with with the leafy greens. And then certainly over the course of a few months, as I slowly continue to, you know, take baby steps and make these small changes that sort of added up, then I noticed, you know, a bigger change overall and, and the things like my di- digestive issues and headaches went away. Right, right. That makes sense. Now, how was it? I know you mentioned already that your husband has been very supportive. How did it work as far as changing? I'm assuming he had to change his eating habits if you all are together and eating meals together and things like that. And I know in talking with other people who have had huge life changes and shifts because of disease or illness, that some of the struggle has been with those closest to them who were not willing to live a healthier lifestyle or make some changes, and it's hard when one person does and the other person doesn't. So how did that work for you, and are there any tips you can suggest for the listeners who might be struggling with that? Yes, I know that can definitely be a struggle. And, you know, my husband was certainly uh, a little nervous about trying some of these new foods. He's always mm-hmm. been the you know, big meat and potatoes guy, but he he was open to it. And, you know, little by little, I would say, okay, I'm going to try this recipe, and it uses kale. You know, I, I need to do it for me because I want, really want to beat this cancer. And, you know, are you okay with it? And he'd say, yeah, yeah, I'll try it. And, 
it, you know, just like anyone else, I think it took him a little time to adjust to maybe different tastes. And, but I mean, it, it, it was, it was all kind of over time and in baby steps. And I think I just would sort of say, Oh, it's okay if I try this recipe or sometimes, you know, I wouldn't ask and I'd say, Hey, this is what I'm making for dinner. <laughs> or when I wasn't feeling so great, you know, it's maybe low energy and, and fatigued from chemo, I would ask him to make something. And so kind of got him a little more involved and, over time, I mean, he he changes diet really just like I did, and and now he says the same thing. You know, if he has a a weekend where he just doesn't eat very well, he notices the difference, and he wants to get right back on those you know leafy greens and brown rice and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. Good for you, and that's great that just some things that we choose to do can have a positive impact on those closest to us and really make a difference, perhaps in their health and the outcome of how they age. Yes, that's so true because I've noticed the same thing as other people around me, you know, during really my whole journey and, you know, from my immediate family to friends and and it is kind of a ripple effect, which is really pretty cool. Yes, very much so. And of course, we'd love to hear that here on the show and your story matters because that's what it's all about is sharing information sharing about things that we've learned to create a ripple effect of positive. Can you tell the listeners before we talk about the book itself, what was the outcome of your cancer treatment and where are you at currently in your battle against the cancer? Yeah, so I um, I went through chemotherapy for about seven months, which, gosh, in the cancer world, that's not, not really too bad. It's not that long. And, you know, I, I certainly recovered from surgery and I I... At the end of my treatment, you know, I, my scans showed no evidence of disease, and right. uh, that's really what they've showed ever since. So, I'm wonderful. Okay, yeah, and, and you know, feel great, and it's one of those things that, you know, you never know, but I just kind of take it one day at a time, and then positive, and you know, just keep doing what I'm doing because something's working, you know. Obviously, yes, yes, and I think some of it because I've talked about this with my own journey and my story is that positive attitude. And like you said, you decided from the onset that you were going to fight this and you were going to rise above it. And I think that's so important for people to understand that your attitude is the one thing that you can control despite your circumstances and to have a positive one and one of what can I do to learn about how to make this better for myself is the best attitude to have and the best route to take. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's so important. What was it that led up to writing the book? Let's talk about the book now and how that evolved. Well, I I mentioned that I uh, attended the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York, and that is actually where I met my co-author, Annette. And we just, we met and we, you know, started meeting and became friends and, and stayed in touch and, and we started sharing our cancer experiences and she's a, a breast and ovarian uh, survivor. And we said, you know, like one of the things that we really had a hard time finding was any kind of food and nutrition advice that was, well, a number of things, easy to read. Um, written, maybe a book that's written by someone who's actually been through it. So not Mm -hmm. just a book that's written by, you know, a doctor or a dietitian who understands the food side of things, but someone who actually, you know, has tried these foods out when they're in the middle of cancer treatment and and those two things. And then one that's just friendly, inviting, and and makes it easy to make the transitions and something that includes the recipes. Mm -hmm. So we said, there's nothing out there like that. Like, why don't we try putting it together? Let's try writing a book. 
And so we did. We started, you know, putting the information together, and I don't know, here we are. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. And so the book contains recipes, I'm sure. Are there other tips and things in there that the reader would find of interest? Yeah, so it's, it's really divided into two parts. It's the first eight chapters are a guide, and that includes everything from nutrition and food information that we try to keep, you know, pretty simple so that it doesn't read like an encyclopedia, and also information about, you know, for someone who's going through cancer and cancer treatment, as well as information and support for the people around that person. Um, but it also just has general information on complementary or integrative modalities like acupuncture and things like that that you may want to include whether you have cancer or not. And so that's really the first part of the book. And then the second half is over 100 recipes that we've included. Mm -hmm. That's great. Now, I do want to mention, because I looked through your blog and I've seen this term before and read articles about previvor. And I would love for you to share with the audience, what does the term previvor mean? Yes, previvor is kind of a, yeah, a newer term. You always hear survivor. Previvor is someone who has an increased risk for getting cancer based on their family history or if there is some sort of genetic mutation. And actually, Annette is someone who has that well, she was a previvor before she even really knew it, but she does have the genetic predisposition for certain cancers. Mm-hmm. And so it's something where, um, you know, people can be previvors and they don't even know until they've actually had the testing to determine this. And, and it just means that, you know, they may be at a greater risk for developing certain cancers. They may never develop them. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's basically what it is. That's awesome. I love that you have that space in your blog and and that's mentioned there and talked about amongst many other good things. And I want to say that I just love the idea of cancer being talked about in a way that is more productive and for people that can really consider what if this were to happen to me all of a sudden, even if I don't have the genetic markers or the genetic disposition to potentially have cancer affect me how do I change my lifestyle now and treat my body better and do something good for myself that could possibly prevent cancer altogether is that something that you're hoping your book will do for others those who maybe have no cancer is just not in their vocabulary it's not been in their life in any way but they're starting to think about it because everyone's starting to talk about it more and talking about the benefits of healthy eating and exercise and sleep and even having a healthy mindset. Is your book one that will help people that could potentially stave off cancer? Yes, definitely. And we, we wrote the book for, you know, certainly um, the woman who is going through cancer or who has it in her past um, or for, you know, any woman who wants to prevent it and just wants to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, as we said, it's definitely, um, we certainly talk about cancer support um, in the book and offer some information there. But, you know, all the nutrition information, all the recipes, I mean, that's for anyone. Right. And actually, we say women. I mean, it's certainly a um, 
kind of a girly book, you know, it's, it's written in a girlfriend's tone, but we have men who have purchased the book and, and they're loving it and they love the recipes. So it's, it's certainly, it can be for anyone. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. And I think it's just an awesome way to help people to start thinking about how are we treating our bodies and what are we putting into them. And I love that you make it a fun thing. So it's not like picking up some of the typical cookbooks where it's kind of dry and boring. It's like, okay, just flip to your recipe and make it. This is something that's more interactive and helpful for a lot of people and fun. I also think that the title was really awesome. Kicking Cancer in the Kitchen is just amazing. How did you guys come up with that? Wow, we I, I remember we went through a lot of different titles and I think this was just the one that stood out to us. You know, it sounds good. We've got the, the cuss down there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, I think we just felt like, you know, it really is about getting in your kitchen and, and getting more comfortable with food and cooking. And, of course, it is about kicking cancer, or I guess, whether you have it or not, you know, and you're, and you're kind of looking ahead and trying to be healthier and, and prevent it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we really wanted to do in the book, you mentioned it kind of just being um, friendlier and, and that sort of thing we really want to be able to take the reader at whatever stage she's at and, and help her to make changes. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're someone who has no idea where to start, which is where I was, you can just start making these little steps one by one, and, and the book helps, you know, helps you to do that. Or if you're someone who really is more into the healthier eating and gets a lot of this, you can still take it to the next level. And, you know, it's always great to try new recipes, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's great. And I do want to bring up the point about the expense, because I know that a lot of people tend to think that eating healthier is more expensive, that eating organic is more expensive. Can you address that as far as the recipes in your book? And of course, I'll say from the onset that I I myself personally think that anything that might be a little bit more expensive to prepare or to purchase the ingredients is certainly less expensive than loss of life or going through a disease, an illness, having to take time out of life or work because of treatment. So that's my input on it. But but how do you address that, and what are your thoughts about that regarding your own recipes and the, and the shift you've had to make in your own purchasing of food? Yeah, gosh, that's, that's a great question, but I know that's something that, you know, people do wonder about. And, you know, I certainly spend more um, on my groceries and on my food than I used to, but I mean, the quality is there. You know, you're getting such good food that's mm-hmm. nourishing your body. And as you said, you know, to me, and I think to a lot of people who have made that change, it's worth the extra expense. If you don't have your health, I mean, you just, what do you have? You know, it's so important. So right. I have no, no problem, you know, increasing my expense, you know, with, with some of my food um, over other things in my life. However, there are also things that you can do to keep the cost down and to make it more manageable. You know, Organic is great. You don't have to. You know, if you're someone who doesn't really eat any vegetables, you don't have to go out and buy all organic vegetables. You know, just start with some, you know, conventionally grown broccoli or some frozen spinach. You know, so it doesn't, you don't have to jump right into that level if you're not quite there yet. And, you know, other things like buying in bulk. Annette and I both do that. You know, we try to go and get our brown rice or our dried beans from the bulk section, and, and that definitely saves you some money there. A big part of it is is planning ahead, and, you know, that's something that's not only going to benefit you 
uh, you know, financially, but also just to save yourself some sanity because, you know, you're not going to be scrambling at the last minute to try to figure out what you're making. But if you plan ahead, you know, you're going to, you're not going to waste food. Um, You can do things like make a big pot of beans or a big pot of rice ahead of time. And then you can use that, you know, over the course of a few days rather than, you know, at the last minute running out and grabbing some, some takeout, mm-hmm. which really in the long run is going to make you, you're going to spend more money doing that. Right. And that's a good point. Cause I know you mentioned earlier, your previous lifestyle was more fast paced and on the run eating. And I think a lot of us ended up in that situation, especially when we were trying to juggle school, work, families, whatever. And so the quickest way was to do the drive through. And of course, now we've found that that's not the healthiest way. And though it may be quick, it ends up being more expensive and affecting us in a negative way as far as our health goes. Right. That's so true. And, you know, I do want to mention too that the planning piece, I mean, it's, it can be as simple as saying, okay, I'm going to kind of plan out my dinners for the week. Maybe you're not even going to worry about breakfast or lunch yet. You just want to plan out dinner and go through, go through kicking cans in the kitchen and pick out the recipes that you want to make, make your grocery list and then go get your groceries. And then you have your plan for the week for dinner. And that's something that I do now. And, you know, I get that it's not always easy to do. I mean, I certainly have weeks where I forget to do it or just life happens and, you just sort of, you get back on the horse and, you know, just try it again the next week and mm-hmm. just adjust where you can. That's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad you shared that because that is kind of reality for a lot of us. And so it's okay to have to restart the process as long as we keep the focus in mind that the goal is to be as healthy as possible. Yeah. Can you share with the listeners where they can pick up a copy of your book, Kicking Cancer in the Kitchen, The Girlfriend's Cookbook and Guide to Using Real Food to Fight Cancer? Yeah, Kicking Cancer in the Kitchen is available wherever books are sold. So that certainly includes you know online venues like Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And it includes um, local bookstores. And if it's not carried in your local bookstore, you can certainly ask them to order it. You can also go to our website, which is thekickingkitchen.com, and we have information for ordering there as well. Great. And again, I'm so grateful, Kendall, that you were able to talk with our listeners today to share some of your story, to share some amazing tips and ideas about living healthier and feeding yourself better. And I'm really happy and excited to know about the book so that it can help others to be on a better path for their own health and well-being and certainly to fight off cancer because that's, as we know, one of the most horrendous things right now that, that is affecting so many people worldwide. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm so glad to have had the opportunity to, to talk with you and to share this because, you know, it's really, it's why we wrote the book. We knew that we were on to something when we started feeling so much better and changing our diets and we thought that, hey, if this can make a difference while we're in the middle of cancer treatment, food can really make a difference for anyone and that's really what we wanted to share. That's right. Thank you so much. Thank you.